Hey everyone, welcome to Zappagram, the mother of all music podcasts, where every week we cover the latest in music news, reviews, interviews, releases, discovery, history, and more. I'm your host, Chris Zappa, and as always, the world of music is a busy place, so without further ado, ground control to listener, take your protein pills, put your helmet on, this podcast ain't gonna listen to itself... everybody welcome back to zappagram the mother of all music podcasts and newsletters i am your host chris zappa this is zappagram number 62 i want to right off the bat say that uh, I'm, I'm so tired of people complaining about seven dollar beers and twenty dollar parking and you know if you don't like it stop coming to my house anyway i'm recording this on father's day so happy father's day uh, you're going to hear this the day afterwards, but uh, still, I hope if you are a daddy-o, I hope you had a, a great Father's Day, that uh, that you got celebrated, that you got to do something fun, uh, or maybe you just got to do nothing at all, which, you know, that would probably be my preference. But whatever it is you wanted to do, whether that was something or nothing, I hope that you got to do it. My son just turned three years old uh, a few days ago. And so this is my fourth Father's Day. I get to celebrate. There was, we had Father's Day like, like the week after he was born. Um, and so anyway, now he's three. So this was my fourth Father's Day. And I still can't get used to the fact that I'm a father who gets to celebrate this day or be celebrated on this date. Spent all my life not being a dad. And now that I am, it's just, you know, I can't get used to the fact that, oh yeah, Father's Day rolls around. That's me. I'm a father. That's me. I've got the, you know, world's greatest dad mug to uh, prove it. Not really. I, I don't really have one of those mugs. My favorite coffee mug is a Three Stooges coffee mug. I drink out of it every day. I'm drinking out of it right now. Now the question is, is there coffee in that mug or something else? I don't know. You'll just have to wait and see like how, how goofy I get during this episode to find out. I don't know. I've been feeling pretty old lately. I will turn 50 on my next birthday. And while, you know, they say 50 is not old, 50 is like the new 30. I think that's what they say. They say a lot of silly shit that doesn't really make any sense. But made me realize that, yep, I am old. When uh, I discovered that yesterday, June 17th, the police's album Synchronicity turned 40 years old. But yeah, I was nine years old. I remember that. And now I'm 109 years old. So it's amazing I can remember anything. That album produced so many hit songs for the police, of course. Every Breath You Take was the first. Wrapped Around Your Finger, King of Pain, Synchronicity 2. And a song that never actually charted, I don't believe, but one of my favorites off the album was Tea in the Sahara. They recorded that album in Montserrat over a period of about six weeks. And something I found interesting, I learned this not too long ago, that the cover artwork for the album, I'm sure you are familiar with it. If not, it consists of a series of photos of the band members uh, and other things overlaid with transparent horizontal stripes of a blue, red, and yellow. And the album actually was available in 36 different variations with different arrangements of the color stripes and showing different photographs of the band members uh, so you may have a copy of this uh, album and it may be, you know, red, blue and yellow and someone else's may have 
yellow, blue, and red. Uh, so that's that's kind of cool. And a way to find out if you have an original pressing or or a repress is uh, the original vinyl release was pressed on black vinyl. It looks black, but if you hold it up to the light, it's actually purple. Uh, so that's cool. If you have that album in your collection, go pull it out, check it out, and see if you might have an original pressing or not. The year it came out, it was voted Album of the Year by Rolling Stone. It was voted, uh, uh, it won a Grammy Award the, the following year. Rolling Stone now ranks Synchronicity uh, number 17 on their list of 100 best albums of the 80s. I, I think it might actually rank a little higher than that, but, you know, Rolling Stone doesn't always get it right. But it went on to sell a bazillion copies, and it was selected by the U.S. Library of Congress for preservation in the National Recording Registry. Uh, actually, just this year that happened. And, you know, sold a bazillion copies and uh, has, has been ingrained as one of the greatest rock albums of all time. So, happy 40th birthday, Synchronicity. While we're on the subject of the police and Sting, you know how Sting got his nickname, or the name, Sting? He was playing in a jazz band when he was in college, and he had a habit of always wearing this same black and yellow sweater. And someone said that, you know, they reminded he reminded him of a wasp. So, the name Sting was born. His real name is Gordon Sumner. In an interview once, a journalist called him Gordon, to which he replied, uh, My children call me Sting. My mother calls me Sting. Who is this Gordon character? I was never called Gordon. You could shout Gordon in the street and I would just move out of your way. Despite this, he has never legally changed his name to Sting. If I were him, I would totally change my name legally to Sting. Um, also, if you look up Sting on Wikipedia... It has a, uh, a copy of his signature on there, and dude's got a really nice signature. Looks old world, old school, like, you know, he could have signed the Declaration of Independence or something. You know, you'd see Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, Samuel Adams, John Hancock, and Sting. It fits right in. Anyway, check it out, and you'll see exactly what I mean. Also, you know, I was talking about being old earlier. I'm, I'm going to drop some old man vibes here. I'm just going to go on record as saying that uh, if you're car stereo is so loud that I can hear your music in my house, then you are an asshole. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, you know, that and get off my lawn. If you think that was like, you know, no context and a little out of nowhere, if you've ever tried to record anything, you probably understand where I'm coming from on that. But anyway, speaking of recording stuff, Josh Wahami is our quote of the week. Of course, Queens of the Stone Age just dropped their brand new album in Times New Roman this past Friday. It is absolutely fantastic, and uh, he's been going through some things, so um, we'll get to that later in the show. But anyway, this week's quote, he said, I never say it can't get any worse. I never say that, and I wouldn't advise it, but I do say it can get better. And I think those are pretty wise words of advice. Never ever say that it can't get any worse because it can always get worse. But the more positive spin to put on that is that it can always get better. So a little, little dose of uh, realism and optimism right there in the same in the same sentence. This week's Rock the Vote poll, I'm asking, do you play a musical instrument? Your options are yes, one instrument, yes, multiple instruments, or no. I myself uh, play the guitar, and uh, at one point, I could plink out some things on the piano, uh, but that's about it. I always wanted to be a drummer. I always wanted to learn how to play drums. One of my brothers is a drummer. 
fantastic drummer. But uh, yeah, I'm curious about your musical abilities out there, everyone who's listening or reading. So hit that poll in the newsletter and let me know. Are you musically inclined? Every week with this here podcast and the newsletter, I put out a weekly playlist. This week we're on playlist number 62. This playlist is available on both Spotify and Apple Music. Links to find that playlist are in the newsletter as well. I put out a master playlist that has all of the songs from all of the weeks compiled on both platforms as well. This week, we have brand new music from Bethany Cosentino. I've got some old music from Lloyd Cole. Uh, new artist that I found, I believe that you pronounce this lies, L-Y-Y-S. Uh, another one, Lynx, L-L-Y-N-K-S, Western and Maori. Jonathan Wilson has new music, uh, new music from an artist I found named Maddie Diaz. She's fantastic. Julie Byrne, also fantastic, very ethereal, dreamy sort of stuff. Sam Evian, uh, some old music from Feist, Spoon, Pixies, new music from Generationals, new music from Almost Sex, New music from Def Charlie, uh, new music from Queens of the Stone Age, and I put some police on there in honor of the 40th anniversary of Synchronicity. 19 tracks in all, ton of good music for you to listen to this week, so be sure to give that a listen and let me know if you find anything on this playlist that you absolutely love. You won't hate any of it because it's all awesome. And I know this because it's easy to know stuff when you just make stuff up. Okay, hey, that's enough chit-chat. Let's dive into this week's music news. Kicking things off with a fun one this week. Travis Barker, drummer for Blink-182, is, uh, of course, married to a Kardashian, Courtney Kardashian. And uh, he found out this week that he's going to be a dad again in the most public way possible. Uh, Friday at a concert, Kourtney Kardashian surprised him with the announcement. The trio's reunion tour hit the BMO Stadium in Los Angeles. And Kourtney was there, and she had a sign that she held up uh, that she was pregnant with the couple's first child together. In a life-imitating-art moment, Courtney's stunt referenced a Blink-182 video, uh, All the Small Things, that came out almost 25 years ago. In that video, a woman at a Blink show similarly holds up a Travis, I'm pregnant sign. And so she holds up a sign that says, Travis, I'm pregnant. So that's fun. Congratulations to the happy couple. Here's a headline. Taylor Swift's The Eras Tour is expected to generate $4.6 billion in local revenue. From reporting, we've learned that uh, the average Swiftie is spending an average of $1,300 to attend the tour. A report by research firm Question Pro found that in addition to spending a gross total of 11 to $12 million in ticket sales per concert, Swifties have been spending uh, more than an average of $1,300 to attend the tour, also factoring in travel accommodations and clothing, uh, merch purchases, etc., etc., uh, particularly, there's evidence of this in Chicago, where the city's average hotel occupancy rates hit 96.8 during Swift's three-night stint there, setting an all-time record. But the Swift effect is also boosting local economies across the nation. In March, her two concerts in Las Vegas brought the city back to pre-pandemic levels of tourism, while cities including Atlanta and Boston have reported a spike in hotel bookings and other tourism-related expenses as well. Taylor herself is estimated to take home a paycheck of 10 million bucks per concert. I don't know. I think that's that's probably worth performing for three plus hours in the rain, don't you think? 
If you're a fan of My Bloody Valentine and you're a guitar player, uh, well, if you're a guitar player, you're probably into gear. And if you're into gear, you're into guitar pedals. Um, then you may have seen recently that Fender released their first ever signature fuzz based on what Kevin Shields uses uh, from My Bloody Valentine. This limited edition release contained only 700 pedals worldwide, and each came with a signed booklet and a fancy cardboard box. But there was also an Easter egg inside a 100 of those pedals, a USB thumb drive with an exclusive piece of music from Shields himself. According to online postings and gear forums, these hidden USB thumb drives contain a track by Shields along with instructions to play at 80 decibels and above on speakers. As I mentioned, I used to play guitar. I mean, I still have an, an acoustic guitar, but I used to play uh, electric and I collected pedals at one point, but um, I never, and I don't know what pedals go for anymore because I haven't bought one in so long, but this particular pedal goes for 500 bucks. If you're a guitar player, you can tell me, is that a lot for a pedal nowadays? I mean, it seems like it is. I seem to remember them costing, you know, 80 to 100 bucks for your average pedal, you know, just for a reverb or a chorus or flange or something like that. Maybe you'd spend, you know, between 150 and 200 on a wah pedal, but I don't know, 500 bucks? What do you think? Speaking of money and spending lots of it, the headline reads, Ticketmaster and others agree to all-in pricing as White House cracks down on hidden junk fees. Ticketmaster, owned by Live Nation, SeatGeek, and other ticketing companies have agreed to institute all-in pricing in response to the White House's crackdown on hidden junk fees. This past week, President Biden met with representatives from the ticketing industry and venue owners, uh, including the CEOs of SeatGeek, TickPick, and others, as well as the president of Live Nation venues, in an effort to bring, quote, honest, transparent pricing to the ticket-buying experience. The ticketing industry has gotten away with murder for so long. It's like the bad kid, you know, that, that just keeps doing shit and getting away with it and getting away with it until finally... The parents had to step in and go, hey, 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 uh-uh, knock that shit off. So that's apparently what uh, the Biden administration has done. The good news out of this is for consumers is that in the near future, when they purchase tickets, they'll no longer be surprised by additional hidden fees at checkout, which became a point of contention among millions of frustrated Taylor Swift fans recently. The bad news is that those junk fees will still exist. They'll just now be included within the all-in pricing at the onset. So they're still going to screw you, but they're going to let you know about it beforehand. I guess that's nice of them. Hey, here's some news to make you go, ah. Hans Zimmer might be known for scoring some of your favorite movies, but he had quite the cinematic moment of his own. This past Thursday night, during his performance at the O2 Arena in London, the composer invited his partner on stage to propose to her in front of the crowd. The Mrs. Zimmer-to-be is still mostly anonymous, but that didn't stop a legendary film composer from briefly putting her on display. Why did I bring you up here? He asked as she joined him. I was going to ask you something really important. Did you lock the back door? Is the milk in the fridge? Do we have any sorbet in the freezer? And then finally he asks, will you marry me? There's a clip of that online if you're into watching that sort of thing. Reporting on the news is weird. Uh, whether it's music news or not, you can go from a happy feel-good story to a story of tragedy, so that's what we're going to do now. Last month, New York musician Jesse Malin suffered a rare and sudden spinal stroke 
that had left him partially paralyzed. He's paralyzed from the waist down. Apparently last month he was sitting with friends at a Manhattan restaurant when a burning pain flared up in his lower back and spread down his legs into his heels and he collapsed onto the floor unable to get up. He was rushed to the hospital where he underwent multiple spinal procedures uh, before being transferred to an orthopedic center for, for treatment. Malin has said in an interview that doctors don't really understand what caused the spinal trauma or what his chances are for recovery. He's doing physical therapy multiple times a day. Malin's manager, along with a number of his friends, have launched a donation campaign to help cover the musician's medical expenses. There is a link in the newsletter to this story where you can go and find the link to donate if you're able to help him out. The donations are, of course, also uh, tax deductible for whatever that's worth. But yeah, that's tragic and awful, and uh, I wish him uh, well and a full and speedy recovery. In similarly awful news, uh, Queens of the Stone Age's Josh Homme revealed that he had surgery to remove cancer this past year. He was diagnosed with the cancer last year and had the surgery to remove it. It has been successful, he says. Uh, he did not go into any detail in terms of what type of cancer it was. He spoke about the diagnosis uh, during an interview recently with Rolling Stone as he opened up about a tumultuous time in his life over the last few years, including the deaths of his friends Mark Lanigan and Taylor Hawkins, uh, as well as a custody battle with his ex-wife. Um, and it's just, uh, he's been through a lot, man. And then so really poured a lot of that heart and soul and, uh, and hurt and healing and all of that into the new album in times, new Roman, which, uh, had came out this past Friday and absolutely kicks ass being a huge Queens of the stone age fan. Uh, I was, uh, terrified to hear that he had cancer, but I'm happy to hear that, uh, the surgery went well and he appears to be on the road to recovery. And, uh, this, this new album is kick ass so be sure to go listen to it uh in further terrible news uh urge overkill drummer john rowan who performed under the stage name blackie onassis has died the band confirmed in a statement on their instagram account his cause of death has not been revealed yet urge overkill of course been around since the 90s uh and back in the 90s they had recorded a cover of neil diamond's uh, girl you'll be a woman soon which was used in a uh, pivotal scene in Pulp Fiction. Man, what a soundtrack. But anyway, yeah, that's tragic that he died. Our thoughts are with uh, his family and friends. And further awful tragic news in which our thoughts are with the, the victim's family and friends. Two people were killed in a mass shooting outside of an EDM festival at the Gorge this past weekend. The Beyond Wonderland EDM Festival was happening this past weekend at uh, the Gorge Amphitheater in Washington. The incident occurred around 8.20 p.m. Pacific time in the campground area outside of the venue. The festival was actually underway and happening at the time of the shooting and was uninterrupted by the events happening in the campground because no one, obviously, in the venue knew what was going on. But uh, some asshole had a gun and um, fired randomly into the crowd in the campground area, um, an estimated 20 to 30 minute walk from the amphitheater itself. And then this motherfucker just walked away. He continued to randomly shoot into crowds of people, and eventually cops were able to apprehend him, thank God. But, you know, just, you can't fucking go anywhere nowadays without worrying about this shit. Welcome to America. Fuck.
All right. God damn. Let's change the subject. Um, Paul McCartney used AI to make a final Beatles song, but not in a creepy way. So first, to clarify, no, he did not feed a machine a whole bunch of John Lennon or George Harrison material and get the computer to spit out some goofy, cheap Hall of Mirrors imitation and then mold that into something. Um, rather, he explained that AI tech was used to extricate Lennon's vocals from an old demo, which the quality was just shitty. Uh, and then he used that extricated vocal track to complete the song. According to McCartney, the new song was made with the help of Peter Jackson, the director who did the epic three-part Get Back documentary, which came out last year. And they used the same AI-based demixing technology that was essential to the making of that documentary. One of the marvels of the film was the way that Jackson and his team were able to isolate and separate individual voices and instruments from each other and uh, the general murk of the original tapes, effectively recovering and restoring a plethora of conversations and performances. But they had this shitty little demo, and they were able to tell AI to uh, take uh, John's voice and separate it from the guitar and drop the guitar and just take the voice and enhance the voice, and so they did that. That seems like a pretty good use of AI. But he said the song will be released later this year, did not give an exact date. I'll let you know when that does come out. Here's an interesting headline. Bonnaroo attendees this year are making accidental 911 calls with the new uh, crash feature built into the iPhone. Apple recently launched a crash detection feature in iPhones and Apple Watches. It's intended to alert authorities to a car crash automatically, but the feature responds to extreme accelerations or decelerations, and it appears those same accelerations and decelerations happen very often at Bonnaroo. In recent months, Apple's been dealing with the issue that the crash detection feature may be too sensitive. Back in January, it was reported that uh, 911 call centers have been overwhelmed by automatic crash detection calls thanks to people falling down while skiing. Roller coasters also sometimes trigger the feature. But it got so bad that after uh, multiple accidental 911 calls, the festival actually started asking attendees to turn off their crash features. Hopefully they'll just remember to turn those back on after they leave the festival. Here's another fun one. Uh, former Stone Pony owner arrested for disrupting Trump's motorcade. Dominic Santana, former owner of the iconic uh, Asbury Park, New Jersey, live music venue The Stone Pony, uh, where Springsteen got his start, was arrested Tuesday outside of Miami's federal courthouse where he disrupted Trump's motorcade. Dude was wearing a black and white striped jail jumpsuit and a ball and chain while holding a sign that read, Lock Him Up. According to police reports, he ran into the middle of the street, blocking the motorcade and causing one of the SUVs to swerve out of his way. Apparently, he was uh, being chased by some uh, Trump supporters and he, he ran into the road dodging for his safety, and all of a sudden there was the motorcade, and uh, and then the next thing you knew, he got tackled. He was uh, bailed out of jail the following day, and was quoted as saying that, yeah, it was worth it. Uh, he's not done advocating for Trump's arrest and says, I'm getting the message out. He should have been locked up a long time ago. Good for Dominic Santana, and uh, I'll just file that away under not all heroes wear capes. Some of them wear striped jail jumpsuits and hold signs that say, lock him up. I do try to avoid politics in this show, but I will just say, uh, lock that motherfucker up and throw the key away. In other news, Stevie Nicks has announced a new vinyl box set. The set will compile her eight studio albums and a new rarities album. 
The compilation will also be available as a, a CD box set and will also exist digitally. The vinyl sets are initially limited to 3,000 copies being pressed, and that will arrive on July 28th. Don't hold your breath for new Nine Inch Nails music anytime in the near future. Trent Reznor discussed his relationship to music in a wide-ranging new interview with Rick Rubin, revealing that these days he's more interested in composing film scores than he is in writing and touring behind traditional albums. Surviving as a working musician typically comes down to releasing an album, supporting it on tour for two years, and then repeating the cycle, something the 58-year-old father of five isn't exactly keen to do. Uh, he says, uh, I don't want to be away from my kids. I don't want to miss their lives to go do a thing that I'm grateful to be able to do, and I'm appreciative that you're here to see it, but I've done it a lot, you know? Dude never has to do anything for the rest of his life, and he's going to be just fine. But I think that's pretty cool that he just doesn't want to be away from his kids and miss their lives. That's a damn good reason. Reznor and his longtime uh, collaborator pal Atticus Ross have uh, done a number of film scores. They last provided the score to uh, Bones and All. Next up, they're working on uh, music for a new David Fincher film, The Killer, as well as a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. That should be interesting. UK rock legends The Cult have announced a run of 2023 U.S. tour dates, including a fall run featuring support from Cold Cave. They are currently on tour in Europe, but they will hit the States July the 12th, starting uh, shows in Ohio, going to Illinois, wrapping up things in the end of October in Las Vegas. You can check the dates in the newsletter to see if they're coming anywhere near you. <laughs> Moving on to Z-Rex Zappa's recommendations. Steve Appleford, writing for Revolver, interviewed Josh Homme uh, on Queens of the Stone Age's return, a lengthy piece that's a must-read for any Queens of the Stone Age fan. I've got that linked up in the newsletter. Also, I've included a video. This past Friday, Queens released their new album in Times New Roman. I've talked about that already. Uh, the following day, the band played a blistering set at the Pink Pop Festival in the Netherlands, and uh, goddamn, the entire performance is just too badass for words, uh, especially when they uh, performed God is in the Radio. That song, the whole concert, but that, that performance of that song in particular is the absolute epitome of everything badass in rock and roll today. So I have included that concert that you can watch in this week's newsletter. I often tell you to, you know, don't miss that or go check that out. You've really got to check that out. If you're not a Queens of the Stone Age fan, you will become a Queens of the Stone Age fan after watching this show. And if you're already a fan, uh, just your, your jaw will drop, man. It's, it's so damn good. Jumping ahead to this week's new releases that we're covering, we had new albums come out from Balmoria, Drive by Truckers, Flaming Lips have a new EP, Hand Habits has a new EP, John Mellencamp has a new album out, Orpheus Descending, it's actually very, very good, Motorhead has a new live album out, the new Queens of the Stone Age, of course, uh, Silver Sun Pickups, Sunvolt, Spoon has a new EP, and the Teskey Brothers have a new album out. On the release radar, that's new releases that are coming out in the next 30 to 45 days. Here's what you've got to look forward to. June 23rd, there will be new releases from Albert Hammond Jr., Amanda Shires and Bobby Nelson, Lloyd Cole, M. Ward, Portugal the Man, Sleepy Gonzales, and Y. Oak. June the 30th, new releases will include Charlie Watts' anthology, Frank Zappa's Funky Nothingness, 
Grateful Dead have a new live album coming out. The Jens and Lucinda Williams all have albums coming out June 30th. July 7th, new albums from Anoni and the Johnsons, Julie Byrne, Local Natives, Nick Drake, PJ Harvey, and Taylor Swift. July 14th, new albums from Dwayne Betts and Gordon Lightfoot. July 21st, new album from Blur and Nils Lofgren. And finally, on July 28th, Bethany Cosentino's new album, Natural Disaster, is out. Brad has a new album coming out. Darling Side, Joni Mitchell, Joni Mitchell at Newport, will come out that day. Madeline Kinney has a new album. Stevie Nicks's Complete Studio Albums and Rarities box that I talked about is coming out that day. And Susto has a new album dropping, all on July 28th. A lot of great new music coming out this summer, so there's a lot to look forward to. I'll listen to everything and I'll let you know what's worth your time. Our final segment brings us to On This Date, Musical Happenings of Historical Significance. June 19th birthdays include Nick Drake, who was born in Rangoon, Burma, Ann Wilson, who was born in San Diego, Simon Wright of ACDC, drummer for ACDC, born in Manchester. Paula Abdul was born in San Fernando, California that day. Brian Welch, guitarist of Korn. Scott Avett of the Avett Brothers. Rapper Ben Haggerty, you may know him as Macklemore, was born in Seattle, June 19th, 1983. Finally, on uh, that day in 2014, Jerry Goffin, who penned chart-topping songs with his uh, then-wife Carol King, died at the age of 75 in L.A. He wrote dozens of songs over the decades, including The Locomotion, Will You Love Me Tomorrow, and You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. I'm going to guess Carol King had more input on that song than he did. June 20th's birthdays include guitar legend Chet Atkins, Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys, Lionel Richie, Michael Anthony of Van Halen, uh, John Taylor of Duran Duran, and uh, Jordy White, a.k.a. Twiggy Ramirez, uh, all born on that day. So is Chino Marino of uh, Deftones and uh, Adam Hahn of the 1975. Also on June 20th, 1969, David Bowie recorded Space Oddity at Trident Studios in London. On Wednesday, June 21st, a whole lot of music history happened on that day. Ray Davies of the Kinks was born. Joey Kramer, drummer of Aerosmith, was born. Uh, Nils Lofgren of the E Street Band and Crazy Horse was born. Pat Sansone of Wilco. Uh, Michael Einzinger, guitarist of Incubus. Brandon Flowers of the Killers. Elizabeth Grant was born on that day. You may know her as Lana Del Rey. John Lee Hooker passed away on that date in 2001. Back in 2015, Apple Music reversed its payment policy a day after Taylor Swift said she was refusing to allow the company to stream her latest album, 1989. In an open letter to Apple, Swift said she was withholding the record as she was unhappy with the three-month free trial period offered to subscribers, saying, We don't ask you for free iPhones. Please don't ask us to provide you with our music for no compensation. Apple said it would pay artists for music stream during trial periods because of that letter. And lastly, on June 21st in 2019, Elliot Roberts, American music manager and uh, record executive, died at the age of 76. He's best known for helping start and develop the careers of lots of singer-songwriters from the 60s and 70s, including Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, and he was actually Neil Young's manager for over 50 years. Passed away in 2019. 
June 22nd birthdays include Chris Christofferson, producer Peter Asher, Todd Rundgren, Cindy Lauper, Alan Anton, bassist of a Cowboy Chunkies, Stephen Page of Bare Naked Ladies. On that same day in 1969, uh, Judy Garland died of a barbiturate overdose at the age of 47. And Joni Mitchell released her fourth studio album, Blue, on that date, June 22nd in 1971. On June 23rd, June Carter Cash was born. Stu Sutcliffe, the original bassist of The Beatles, was born in Edinburgh. Robert Hunter, American lyricist, songwriter, poet, uh, best known for his work with The Grateful Dead, he was born on that date. Musician producer Randy Jackson was born in Baton Rouge on that date. You know, I just learned that Randy Jackson played bass in Journey for a short time. Did you know that? Did not know that either. Now you do. K.T. Tunstall was born on that day. Steve Shelley, drummer for Sonic Youth, was born on that day. And uh, in 1975, Alice Cooper fell off stage and broke six ribs during one of his tour stops in Vancouver. June 24th birthdays include Jeff Beck, the late, great Jeff Beck, who just passed away recently. Uh, Mick Fleetwood, also born on that date. John Ilsley, bassist of Dire Straits. Jeff Cease, guitarist for the Black Crows. Kurt Smith of Tears for Fears celebrates his birthday, as does Mario Collier, I believe I'm pronouncing his name right, drummer for the Wallflowers. And uh, on that date in uh, 1991, Frank Zappa performed live for the very last time in Prague. Finally, on June 25th, Carly Simon was born in New York City on that date. Tim Finn of Split Ends and Crowded House was born on that date. George Michael was born on that date. And on that date in 1988, June 25th, 1988, Hillel Slovak of Red Hot Chili Peppers died of a heroin overdose. Don't do drugs, kids. Michael Jackson also died uh, after suffering heart failure at his home in Beverly Hills. Um, was that from drugs? I'm sure drugs were involved. Don't do drugs, kids. Lastly, on that date in 2014, Amnesty International apologized to Iggy Pop after it had used an image of the singer in its latest anti-torture campaign without the singer's permission. The advertisement featured uh, the Stooges' frontman face bloodied and beaten and quoted him as saying Justin Bieber was, quote, the future of rock and roll and the slogan, torture a man and he will tell you anything. That's, that's just funny. bear walks into a bar and says uh, give me a whiskey and uh, coke why the big pause says the bartender the bear shrugged says I don't know I was born with them you thought you were getting music news you didn't know you were going to get a comedy routine too right hey thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end thanks for coming back week after week thanks for your support if you would be so inclined you can support Zappagram at zappagram.com with a paid subscription I would love you for that be sure to listen to all the music. Check out the newsletter with all the links that I mentioned today. Uh, give the music a listen that I talked about. Go watch that Queens of the Stone Age concert, man. So kick-ass. But hey, be safe. Be good to one another. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. I've been your host, Chris Zappa. And until next week, I'm out of here. <laughs>